What is up, guys? Welcome back to Talk Flag of Weekly News Update. Uh, let's see. So this is going to be the, uh, the fourth weekly episode of the uh, of the, the show in its weekly edition. Uh, we have a great show for you guys today. Relatively short news day, but we have on Supervisor of Elections Katie Lenhart for the weekly interview this week. So make sure you stay tuned for that. A lot of great information for anyone who, uh, who plans on voting in the mayoral election on July 27th. So let's hop straight into the news uh, and the government and business portion. Um, we have a little bit of national news, but which is also state news. Ron DeSantis, governor of Florida, has topped Donald Trump in a, uh, a presidential poll for 2024 among conservative voters. So there was uh, something called the Western Conservative Summit, which took place in Denver on June 18th and 19th. It was a gathering of conservatives uh, from all around the country. And at this event, they had a poll asking voters who they would prefer in the 2024 election, uh, who they wanted to see become president. And this wasn't, you had to pick one. You get yes or no for a whole array of different people. And uh, the top of the poll was Ron DeSantis. 74.12% of uh, responders said they wanted to see Ron DeSantis uh, potentially become president in a, a few years which was a few points higher than Donald Trump's 71.43%. Uh, with those two separated by less than 3%, nobody else was even in their zip code. The rest of the top five was Ted Cruz, Mike Pompeo, and Tim Scott. Uh, in some more state government news, uh, Paul Renner, a uh, member of the state House of Representatives representing an area that does include Flagler County, recently was quoted talking about the... Uh, the Champlain Towers collapse in Surfside, which uh, killed a great many people. Uh, they asked Renner his opinion on changing the building codes to prevent future uh, collapses from happening. And Renner said, quote, it will be something I assure you that we're going to look at and address and determine whether the solutions are legislative or whether they're an issue of basically a breach of fiduciary duty on the part of the board members. In the case that occurred in Surfside, where there was known these injuries, these issues, sorry, that were looming and the decision, it appears from initial reports, not to move forward with an assessment to fix it. So Renner was a little bit apprehensive about um, making immediate changes to the code. He went on to say he wanted to get all the facts before doing it. But um, yeah, Renner does not want to immediately propose changes to the code. Um, he is an office that is up for election every two years. Every even-numbered year, Renner is uh, on the ballot again. The last handful, he has run against Adam Morley, a uh, fishing captain and environmentalist from St. John's County. In the crime and sheriff portion, uh, we have a really interesting story here. Has anybody ever seen Catch Me If You Can? The uh, film from, I want to say, 2002? Is it 2002? Yeah, 2002. Uh, Steven Spielberg directed Leonardo DiCaprio, Tom Hanks. But basically, the movie was about a guy who committed uh, fraud through a great number of schemes in which he impersonated airline pilots, physician, uh, a, a great many different jobs. And so the Fiber County Sheriff's Office arrested a wannabe of the guy from that movie. Uh, the gentleman's name, actual name was Joseph Borelli, 
but he apparently had a whole variety of different um, aliases that he went by, including, let's see, John Discernio, John Keefe. He, he gave deputies fake documentation, a whole array of, you know, schemes and, and stuff to try and, you know, not get caught for committing check fraud, which he did ultimately get caught for. And he was in a stolen vehicle caught here in Palm Coast. So that was a wild development for sure. Uh, let's see. In the mayoral election portion of the uh, the news, uh, we've had a couple of forums since the last time. The first one was at Carabas. It was held by the Leads into the Future Club. And um, it was the first time all six candidates on the ballot have appeared in the same place at the same time. So the candidates were uh, Carol Baca, Doug Courtney, Kathy Ostrino, David Alphen, Cornelia Manfrey, and Alan Lowe. And all six candidates uh, sat and they answered questions. There were four questions. Each candidate gave an answer. And uh, things went you know, relatively smoothly. There was no, uh, you know, real, you know, no real arguments or anything, no real, real bickering like some people might expect in uh, really contentious elections. But um, so, yeah, it was a really successful event held at the uh, Carabas um, up on Cypress Edge Drive. And then uh, a couple days later, they had one at the Carver Gym in Bunnell. That was hosted by a few different uh, local organizations. It was held by the African-American Cultural Society, um, showing up for racial justice organization, the local MLK committee, which I believe they renamed themselves to keep the dream alive, they said. I I believe that's what their new name is. And uh, the moderator is the president of the local NAACP chapter. And uh, it was another really good event. Uh, They held it in the gym. Uh, A few technical difficulties, technical difficulties at one point, but um, candidates Alfin, Ostrino, and Courtney proved they could certainly hold a room even without a microphone. That was a cool little test of uh, charisma, but it was a really good event. The candidates engaged with voters, answered questions, and helped make Palm Coast voters the most informed that they can be heading into the election. Also in election news, uh, Katie Lenhart, the supervisor of elections, issued a detailed plan about election security, making sure your ballot is safe. This coming election, there's you know a lot of people are on edge right now about election security, about you know whether or not you know is my ballot going to be counted? Is there going to have to be a recount, an audit, and whatnot? But um, so Katie issued a really detailed plan about how they're going to be going about that. And stay tuned in the show because we are interviewing Katie Lenhart ahead of the election. A lot of really important information there if you're going to be voting. So stay tuned. Katie, thank you so much for coming in. Well, thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Yeah. So uh, to start start off, what do we have coming up? How do people how are, how can people vote in this upcoming uh, mayoral election? Well, it's just like any other election in Florida. There are three ways to vote. You can choose to vote by mail, you can vote early, or you can vote on election day. So we have all those three options for this special election. Mm -hmm. Uh, Can people still get mail-in ballots now if they haven't gotten one yet? They can. Uh, Tomorrow is the last day to request one. Okay. So um, if they want one, if you're listening, please do that soon. Uh, The deadline, like I said, is tomorrow, and that is July uh, 17th is the deadline. for. This episode comes out on Monday also, so it'll actually, when this release will probably have passed. I see. Okay, Uh, well... 
No, it is too late now. But you, if you really need one, I mean, you can come into the office and pick it up, but it would be too late on Monday for us to mail one if you're out of state or um, not able to get to the polling place. So. so people can pick them up still at the they office? They can. Okay. Mm -hmm. And is there a, a drop-off location at your guys' office? We do. We have a secure drop-off um, outside our office. The law changed um, in May, so now it has to be monitored uh, full-time. Anytime it's open, there has to be someone there basically staring at the box. So that has limited the hours for us. It's no longer 24 seven. So if you want to drop off your ballot in the box, you'll have to uh, do that during our office hours. It will also be available during early voting and our office location is an early voting site. So that extends the hours. So it'll be from uh, 8.30 until 6 p.m. for the, um, well, this comes out on Monday. So that full week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then Saturday ending on the 20th, 24th those will be the hours uh, to drop off. Okay, where's your guys' office? We are in the Government Services Building in Bunnell. Um, same complex with the courthouse and the DMV. We've been there to get your driver's license. We are mm -hmm. um, just right past the DMV, down the sidewalk. You'll see, well, if you're coming during early voting, you will see all the vote here signs. You'll never miss it. So just come on down and drop off your ballot or vote early. Mm -hmm. Awesome. So uh, what goes into facilitating a local election on your guys' and how? What happens behind the scenes that we don't see? Wow, so much, so much. Um, where to start? So basically, well, it starts with a list of voters, of course. So we always do voter registration. We always do voter outreach education programs, uh, registering people in high schools, children in high schools. Um, if you're 16 years old, you can pre-register. So 16, 17, 18, getting the word out about how to register for new voters. And then, but an election starts also with, a mapping system, GIS, and which is something people don't really associate um, often with elections, but we have to use our own independent mapping system to identify district boundaries um, and precinct boundaries, and then place the voter registration data into that map so that we can give someone the proper ballot. So let's say for this election, for Palm Coast, we have the boundaries of the city in our map. And we know all the voters who live within those boundaries. And those are the only ones that should be voting in this mayoral election. Mm -hmm. So it starts there. Then, of course, we have to code and design ballots. Um, all of that is done with our election management system. Um, it's pretty, this is a pretty easy election. I mean, it's one city, one race. In a countywide election, there are different districts. There's congressional races. There's uh, state senate, state House, there's obviously the presidential, which is on every ballot, but then there's, you know, different types of districts. So we have over about 100 and, I don't know, a little less than 110, maybe 105 ballot styles in a general election. Wow. Yeah, so different styles of ballots. That means they have different races on them. So for one voter, there's potential for 100 different five or 105 different types of ballots that, you know, but they live in one district, so they have their own ballot out of those one hundred and five. So mm -hmm. the coding and the design of the ballots is very critical, um, especially you hear about like in Broward County in 2018. Perfect example. They put the instructions on the ballot. They used one column for that, and the Senate race was at the bottom. So a lot of people skipped that race because they didn't oh. read the instructions and didn't see it. They skipped the whole column. Mm -hmm. So designing and placing the, the races on the ballot is really important and a lot goes into that. We also um, program the election and the voter registration side. So for this election, only the Palm Coast precincts will be voting. So that means only people who live within those precincts are eligible. Uh, we also have precinct splits and it's very 
complicated and I can I can just see <laughs> the faces of people listening to this. They're probably just their eyes are getting glossy and they're just might be falling <laughs> asleep. So I'll I'll stop talking about all that complicated stuff. Um, we also do candidate qualifying for county and special district offices. That's county commission, school board, and the special districts like Grand Haven CDD, uh, the Hammock CDD, different CDDs, community development districts. If you live in those neighborhoods, basically you have a board of directors that runs. Um, you know, they have their own budgets and their own their own government, basically, in those areas. Um, for the city races, though, the mayoral election specifically, those candidates qualify with the city clerk. And that's by design and statute. So we do assist the cities, all of our cities. We have four cities in the county that we help with candidate qualifying because obviously the elections office, we live and breathe elections all day long. Mm -hmm. And city clerks, they have a whole list of other, you know, responsibilities and obligations that they have to do. Uh, Elections is just a small part of their job. So we help them with candidate qualifying, you know, answer questions. They call us a lot. And we try to get answers for them that they're, you know, if their candidates have questions or just about the qualifying process. So we support our, our cities. I have great work, working relationships with all the cities and all the city clerks are just wonderful. Um, and it's really great that in our county, we have such quality people mm-hmm. working for our municipalities in our county. So it's uh, it's a really good thing and people should be very happy yeah. that they have such such great people. Absolutely. And speaking of which, um, just of running for local office, say yeah. if someone feels like they want to throw their hat in the ring, yeah. they want to try and get on the city council, okay. county commission, how, how do they go about that? Well, it depends on the, it depends on the office. So if they want to run for a city office, they need to contact the city where they live, um, the city clerk. So Flagler Beach, you would um, contact their city clerk. If you live in Palm Coast, you'd contact their city clerk. Or they can call us. I mean, we have a lot of people that call the office and just, you know, have general questions about running for office and we'll direct them where they need to go. But the, you know, the paperwork and that side of it is very easy. Okay. It's anybody can fill out paperwork. The hard part about running for office, excuse me, is doing the financial reporting, uh, making sure that all the expenditures and contributions are reported properly according to law. And that requires a candidate to read a handbook. (laughs) And we will always say, read the handbook um, that's the number one thing candidates need to do is just, you know, put, put some time into it, you know, learn the law, try to figure it out because, you know, we are not the campaign finance police. We can't, I have no authority in statute to enforce that law. So they have to learn to do it. So the reporting is the hard part. And then also running for office can be brutal. I know I've done it. So yeah. getting your name out there, getting the petitions, you know, um, having opponents and all of that that goes into it is, uh, it is quite a journey. So yeah, the running for office, if, if you're interested, just contact us. Um, we're here to support candidates. Um, I'd like for everybody who has an interest in serving uh, their county or their city to have a good opportunity to do that. Um, it's part of our, it's part of the elections office uh, mission is to support candidates and make sure they have the resources available to make those decisions and to be able to run a good campaign. Hmm. Awesome. Now, uh, what if someone wanted to get involved in uh, more with the actual facilitating of the elections? How do they involve to be a poll worker or, or maybe are there other duties that people can get involved with? How do they go about that? Yeah, we do uh, hire and train our poll workers. And a lot of people think they're volunteers, but they're actually paid. So in the state of Florida, poll workers are paid. Now, I'm not saying it's a lot. It's not a lot. It's like a nice dinner out once. Mm-hmm. Okay. The reason people get involved more is for a civic duty. We have a lot of people who are retired public servants, um, retired law enforcement, uh, people who have 
been in public service and you know that's they're retired but they, they love it so much they want to you know continue so yeah if you do want to be a poll worker we'd love to have you you need to be able to to read uh and speak english that's a requirement in law which in this county is not a big deal if you're down in miami that could be a bigger issue um also know how to count please counting is important <laughs> very important for this job we're going to be doing a lot of math i can so, imagine yeah <laughs> yeah so, yeah, we, we love our poll workers. We have over 200 people who serve on election day in a countywide election. In this election, we have 17 precincts, probably about 120 to 140 people probably working for us. Mm-hmm. And we train them all in our office. Um, so it's a lot of training classes. It's pro- we probably, it's a whole, a whole month and a half of training every day. Oh, wow. Yeah, because our training facility, um, it's not even a facility, it's a small room. You know, mm-hmm. now we're using our early voting area in the office to train. We set up a precinct in there and have tables and have, I mean, it's hands-on training with the equipment. You have to learn how to use the electronic poll book, the ballot box, um, how to, you know, stand by and operate that, help people if they need help, you know, act, actually casting their ballots. So there's a lot that goes into it. The hands-on training is um, is really critical because these people are working at the precinct, you know, and I can't mm-hmm. be at all the precincts. They have to do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um Right now, when it comes to elections in, in America in general, but definitely also in Flagler County, people are definitely scrutinizing elections and the security of them, the safety. People want to know that their vote is safe. Right. So what 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 do you guys do to to ensure people that their vote will be counted, that the you know, obviously that the winner will, will win? Right. Because that, that's an object <laughs> of discussion now. But um, right. like, what do you guys do uh, in the elections office to keep elections safe and secure? We do a lot of things. I just released a statement, actually, um, a press release ahead of this election. It's all the things we did for 2020. And you can read that on AskFlagler.com, by the way. We have it on our website. Oh, you did? Great. Thanks for putting that out there. Absolutely. Appreciate that. Get Mm -hmm. the word out. You know, the the most important thing that I think that I do is making sure that our operations are transparent. Anybody in the community is welcome to come and see um, what we do in the office, especially during our canvassing board meetings where we're actually counting votes. So another let's say in the 2020 election, you heard about other states and how the observers were not allowed access into their, into the offices and to actually see them counting the ballots. Then you had their counts changing overnight and what ballots were coming in on trucks or something. I mean, there was so much going on in other states. Uh, It was really, it was really concerning for our voters here in Flagler. I mean, and I understand the voters perspective. You're bombarded all day, every day with media that's negative. um, And it's, politicizing the process, unfortunately, uh, mm-hmm. to me, I think that's the worst thing that happens because the elections office is a nonpartisan agency. It's in the executive branch of government. We're here to administer the election. So it's not, you know, a Republican or a Democrat running it. That's changing things. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. I am a registered Republican, but when I come to work every day, I'm not any party. And people know that mm-hmm. I think pretty much in the community there's, um, that is understood because I work, very closely with both the Republican party and the democratic party, because we're partners in this. They help register voters too, you mm-hmm. know, and making sure that they get out the most uh, current and um, that election information is current and accurate. And so that's why those partnerships are so important. Um, but as far as securing the vote, I mean, I could sit here and talk to you for another three hours about that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the mo- probably the takeaway that people want to know is that, um, our improvements in the election security 
portion of elections administration, most importantly, is our ballot reconciliation. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that other states and other jurisdictions in the nation probably could learn a lot about how you keep track of your ballots and you don't wait. I have a, a saying in the office, no ballot left behind. Mm-hmm. I mean, we don't go home until it balances. And if there's something, you know, especially our vote by mail that come, you know, they come over the counter, they come through the drop boxes, they come through the mail. I mean, we make sure that all of those are verified, the signatures are verified, that they're counted properly, split into precincts and sorted out in, in order. And uh, we, we don't leave until it's done. If mm-hmm. we get, a, you know, six trays of mail, we stay until six trays of mail is done. So, I mean, I think that the ballot reconciliation part of it, and then also your custody controls. I mean, we have parts in the office where it's two-person control to enter those areas. Uh, it's under video surveillance. And again, in Florida, everything is done in a public meeting. And I think the transparency um, is super important. I try to keep on top of, you know, keep my finger on the pulse of the community. And I do that by, you know, I answer the phone at the office at random. Mm-hmm. I'll just answer the phone if it's ringing. You know, incoming, yeah. it could be anybody in the world, incoming phone calls. And I'll just answer it to see, you know, and help that person. Because I worked in the office previous to um, becoming supervisor. So I can, you know actually do the work. <laughs> yeah. A lot of time I don't I don't mean to sound rude, but there are some supervisors that were elected and they just kind of they, they don't know how to do the job. Do you know what I'm saying? Right. So anyway, um I try to help that person and l- answer their questions and see where they are, you know. And mm-hmm. I also keep up with social media trying to see the questions in the community. What are the concerns of the people? What are they thinking um you know right now in the moment at this part of the election? You know, what what can I do to help um, increase confidence in our elections because this, this is our democracy that we're talking about. And there's so much going on um, negative and so much contentious um, conversations being had. It's just so negative out there, uh, especially between candidates and their supporters and this person and that person, Republican, Democrat, and all of that culminates and makes people question what it could be about, you know, what could be wrong with the election if my candidate doesn't win, basically. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if your candidate wins, you're happy. If your candidate doesn't win, then there's something wrong with the process. So I try to to make sure people know how we, uh, you know, what we do. And that's why that that security statement, I think, is really important. I mean, it's been on our website for (laughs) for like two years. I don't know if anyone's ever read it, but I will try to get it out there for people because I'm hearing that in the community right now. People want to know, like you just asked, what are you doing to secure our vote? And like, like I said, there's so many things, uh, paper ballots. Uh, we audit our elections. People don't realize we, we hear about Arizona and that's a a circus out there. Mm -hmm. I will say it's totally wild. But anyway, we do audit our own elections here in Flagler County. We take um, a hand count of the ballots and compare that to a precinct and race to make sure the machine tabulations are correct. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as far as technology, we've done so much. It's not even, it's night and day, our elections office. When I started working here in the elections office 12 years ago, compare it to right now, it's it's unbelievable, the changes that we've done. Yeah. Now, speaking of which, about auditing and, and mm-hmm. recounting and stuff, so the last, and this is just off the top of my head. Okay. The last, uh, the last big election in Florida that drew a whole lot of, discussion and scrutiny because I, I want to say the presidential election went relatively smoothly in Florida compared to other states. It maybe was an so. amazing election for us. Yes. Yeah. So, we were the model nationwide. Right. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. And um, 
But the the one before it, the uh, the governor race, where you yes. had DeSantis versus Gillum, that wound up being razor thin. It was to yeah. the point where they had to do some major recounts. I don't I can't remember if they did it statewide or not. It was it's like so. What what happens on that on your guys's end? And yeah. Also, how does it happen where it feel it feels like it'll change maybe like six votes or so when they do that? So how does how does that end up happening? And then okay. also, what mm-hmm. happened at our level? Like a two part question, sort of. Okay, so yes, in Florida, it is required to have a recount if the uh, returns are a half of a percent. Mm-hmm. So is that like the margin of error? Yes. Okay. Well, it's a margin of you know the race. So mm-hmm. if if the margin is a half percent, you have to do an automatic recount. And so recounts are actually pretty common, um, especially in municipal races. We almost had one in Benel, um in their last election. Anyway, so 2018 was wild. That was a roller coaster. So we had, it was a statewide recount for governor, but people may not remember, it was also a statewide recount for Commission of Agriculture and also the state Senate. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, U.S. Senate. So we had three statewide races to run all at one time. That's right. Yeah, because um, Scott and um, Bill Nelson. Yeah. Yeah, that was really close too. It was. Right. The Commission ra- uh, Commissioner of Agriculture race was only, I th- no, I'm not going to remember the exact number, but it was about three no, 5,000 votes statewide. That mm-hmm. was the margin. Wow. So out of what, 8 million votes cast, 5,000 mm-hmm. was the difference. This is why they say voting matters. Yes. It's like you don't, you, you don't even have to look at Bush and Gore in Florida right. to see how, I mean, Florida is such a swing state, it really. Is. And I know recently in the major races, it feels like the Republicans are running up a score. They have both Senate seats and the right. governor. And I believe a majority of representatives in Congress in Florida are Republicans, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know. But um, keep up with all that. But it's like really at the statewide races, it is close. It can be very close. What did yeah. you guys have to do in that one? So we had, thank God, I upgraded the voting system in 2017. Um, the issue in Palm Beach County was that they could only do one recount at a time, mm-hmm. and that would have been our situation prior to the uh, to the upgrade in our voting system. Now we could recount all three races in one pass, mm-hmm. so we didn't have to recount the ballots three times. So a recount, that is, let's see, it starts with a machine recount. So basically we have to, it's just like it says, recount, put every single ballot through the tabulator again. So for the machine recount, we set up every single precinct tabulator from election day. We also ran all of our vote by mail back through the scanner and our early voting back through the scanner um, for, we have high speed, a high speed scanner. We have two now, but at the time we only have one. So we literally retabulated every single physical paper ballot. And that was 53,312. And I remember <laughs> because wow. it was a 12 hour canvassing board meeting. Ooh. <clears throat> mm-hmm. wow. We had about 70 observers in the office and they all came to see the recount. Of course it was, you know, nationwide news. Mm-hmm. And everybody in the community wanted to see it. And of course, what I do is I invite them to come. And mm-hmm. I've invited half the county to come to see our Palm Coast canvassing. And I had two observers. So we'll see. We'll see yeah. if more people come after this podcast. Anyway, so our recount, we were packed full of people. I mean, our office is not very big. We're very space limited. And in fact, um, we'll be needing a new facility in, in coming years to keep up with the growth and the equipment and everything. But we had that place packed out. We had observers here and then on one side of the room, and then we had all of our ballot boxes um, set up and running ballots there. And then our high-speed scanners were going. So, yeah, it took us 12 hours. The difference between our initial count and the recount was one ballot. Wow. Yes. So that's 
pretty decent accuracy. It's very accurate. And that one ballot is interesting. I had talked to the voter on the phone. They they put their ballot in there kind of sideways when they were voting at the precinct and it got mm. stuck. And unfortunately, the um, it fell before they could grab it. So once uh, it's in the box, that's it. You don't get another chance. And he wanted to vote a provi- he wanted to vote again. And I told him he would have to vote a provisional ballot. He was very angry. I mean, screaming on the phone. Oh boy, angry. Yeah, yeah. So you know, unfortunately, that didn't happen. But in the recount, his ballot counted. So that was the that was the one. Oh, there you go. So yeah. it ended up working out in the end. Yeah, it did. His, his original ballot. Did he get got lucky. We had a recount. There you go. <laughs> Lucky was real close. Uh-huh. So the last big question I wanted to ask is uh, basically tell us about how you got into elections and how that road led to becoming the Flagler County Supervisor of Elections. That's a good question. I don't think there's anybody who, you know, as a kid says, you know, I want to be an election supervisor. <laughs> or, you know, you graduate high school, you know, I think I'm going to run elections. Yeah, there might be a few people out there, but that was not me. It's weird because I found that I found that stuff so interesting as a kid. Like I literally remember the first time I got into politics was watching Obama and McCain debate when I was ten. Okay, or like maybe not even ten because they the election was when I was ten. But like, yeah. as soon as I like saw that, my whole like life, I couldn't wait to get voting and get involved in that. But yeah, no, no, go ahead. I'll let you. Let no, you that's that's okay. Like, that's interesting. A lot of people want to get into like political science and maybe be a politician. You know. Uh, but nobody really thinks about counting the votes, I don't think. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just something I've thought about. So uh, let's see. Let's go back. I'm originally from Ormond Beach, so I moved up north here to Palm Coast, mm-hmm. about 25 minutes up the road. I had never been to Benel before uh, when I interviewed for the job. So, really? Yeah. <laughs> and I lived 20 minutes away. I don't know. Yeah. There's uh, That's just interesting. But anyway, so I saw an ad in the paper uh, for the elections office and they were looking for someone who did, could do their website, you know, and also work in the office. And at the time I had my own business. And, um, so I was a, uh, sorry, I was a graphic designer, web developer, um, and had my own business helping, um, nonprofits and, and small businesses, uh, with their branding identity and website and all of that. Um, and I was looking to kind of make a change. I mean, at the time it was, uh, this is in 2009. So our economy, it was during the recession. It was, a hard, it was, you know, business wasn't really that great. My husband had a, um, a good job and I was just trying to find something more regular, you know, like mm-hmm. regular hours, regular income. And I have always liked public service, um, obviously as a business owner, helping nonprofits. And I've always kind of been interested in local government. I thought this could be different. This could be something good. Maybe we'll see. And mm-hmm. I, I like elections. Obviously my, my father was uh, in the army. He's, was in Vietnam, and um, you know I've always had that that respect for the freedom to vote. Um, being an, an army kid, so you know elections. I've always voted since I've been eighteen. So I, I wanted to know more about it. You know, so I applied and um, worked in the office. Um, and I guess if you haven't been here long enough, you maybe you don't know, or maybe people don't realize. But the previous administration of the office was in turmoil and it was really difficult in the 2014 election, especially Uh, it's when everything kind of hit the fan and -hmm. the previous supervisor um, ended up resigning her position uh, three weeks before two countywide special elections. Oh wow. Yeah. In 2015 at the time I was four months pregnant. Mm. Yes. And, um, but I did put my rank, my name in the hat, my name in the ring to, uh, for the appointment, because I really felt there was no one else in the whole county that could run these elections right now. I mean, mm-hmm. at, at that moment, you know, 
And I'd never really wanted to be supervisor of elections. I was just happy kind of running the show behind the scenes, you know, mm-hmm. I, I don't know this whole being in the spotlight. It took me a very long time to get used to that because I'm a private person. Uh, very modest. I don't like um, attention really. So right. even though I'm not shy and uh, you know, I'm not afraid of people or anything. It's just, I, I don't really like being in the spotlight. So that was hard. That was very hard to get used to. Mm-hmm. But anyway, in 2015, that um, was in January when she quit. And uh, there's a whole another background story to that, a whole sideshow <laughs> yeah. with all of what happened there. I mean, she was subsequently arrested and um, convicted of, of several felonies and all that happened, unfortunately. Um, mm-hmm. I don't wish that on anybody, of course. And, That's turmoil, all right. Yeah, it certainly was. It was, it, it was a bad place for the, for the county. I mean, we had... Uh, a government agency that people didn't trust. I mean, there was no integrity of the office. I mean, people saw that happening and, you know, I heard from the voters. I'm not just saying that because I thought that's something to say. I mean, I'm trying to conduct an election and I hear people, you know what I mean? I'm out there talking to people and trying to make sure that they understand that we're still going to have this election. You know, everything will be fine. We still have our poll workers. We still have staff in the office. We still have, you know, everything that we need to conduct the election. And people were really worried you know, that it was going to be something wrong, but it ended up being fine. Um, the appointment happened and I was really shocked. I thought political appointments are what, you know, what was going to be happening. Mm-hmm. That's very typical for, especially for a constitutional office. Um, you know, the governor would make an appointment based on, you know, somebody he knows or somebody who knows him, you know, and I don't know, I don't, didn't know the governor. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> So I was really shocked when the secretary of state called the office and um, this was before the, it was announced or anything, of course. And they said, well, Katie, is there anything uh, coming up that would, you know, be in the way of being able to, to be supervisor of elections? And in other words, saying, we know that you're pregnant. Are you going to be able to do the job? Yeah. Basically? Are you taking maternity leave? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but they couldn't ask me that. Of course. So I just straight up said, I'm like, no, my baby's due in May. Everything should be fine. Cause that election was in April. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I had um, four staff members is all we had in the office. I was running the tabulation, doing everything, it, you know, six, seven months pregnant. It was wild. I don't recommend this at all for anybody. Oh, yeah. It's not a life path that you want to take. <laughs> Sounds like a grind at the end of it there. It was yeah. very, very, very difficult. And then rebuilding the agency pretty much from scratch. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm very confident in our elections because I've seen it at its worst and I've seen you know, the wrong way to run an elections office. And I really feel like we've turned that around. I've been able to turn that around and create a culture for my employees. That's a positive one. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm very, um, I'm very high energy. I like to get things done. I like to have a list and complete the list very much a type personality, get things done mm-hmm. uh, almost to the point of OCD. And I think that, uh, you know, it's kind of a, a model for the people who have to, you know, be my work family that I have to, <laughs> that they have to kind of deal with. Mm-hmm. So, but it's a very positive thing. I really feel like um, the the office, the atmosphere of the office is so completely different than it was even, you know, definitely prior to 2014, 2013, all, all the time that I worked there. <clears throat> it's completely different. And people come in and they, in the beginning, they'd said that, you know, in 20, like towards the end of 2015 and getting ready for the 2016 election, you know, people from other offices would come in. They're like, wow. It is so much different in here. People are smiling. People are happy to come to work. You know, it's just, that makes a big difference. You know, yeah. Yeah. and the people in the public can definitely notice 
Mm-hmm. Definitely think this is that too. So, and you've now also been elected since the yes. initial appointment, right? Is that Correct. a four-year term? Yeah, I'm really lucky to be on the presidential cycle. Yeah. There's nothing else going uh, on for election yeah. supervisors. Might as well run for office too. I mean, mm-hmm. you're going to go ahead and conduct it. Might as well run. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so, um, so we are coming up. Let's see. As of recording, there are 11 days until the election. So, right. I suppose. Let's see. One, two. There will be, I think, eight days until the election when this airs. Okay. If I, I'm not good at mental math. That's fine. Maybe it shouldn't be a poll counter. I think you're right. Yeah. <laughs> but um, <laughs> No, I think you're right with the eight days. <laughs> okay, yeah, there you go. But, um, so yeah, with eight days coming up till the election, what should people know who want to vote? What should they have in their mind before they go out there? Okay, so there's only six candidates on this ballot. So you're going to you may not need your sample ballot mm-hmm. to bring in with you. A lot of people love their sample ballot. They take it in with them, especially in a countywide election because there's a lot going on. So, mm-hmm. you know, obviously this will be an in and out deal. Pick your candidate and leave. There shouldn't be too much of a line. The line, if there is one, should move quickly. Mm-hmm. So early voting is going on Monday. It will be going on now. That will be the 19th. So you'll have those uh, remaining days until Saturday to vote early at one of the three sites. Mm-hmm. Uh, the hours are 10 to 6. Uh, election day, there are two Temporary precinct changes um, that I want to talk about just quickly. Precinct 8 is Seminole Woods, and they'll be voting at the Flagler County Association of Realtors building. And that's actually my precinct. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I live in Seminole Woods. Yeah. Excuse me. So um, I got my notice in the mail um, yesterday, which would be Thursday. (laughs) Mm -hmm. This is so confusing because it's Monday. And it's not Monday. Today's Friday. Anyway, (laughs) Yeah, so I got. I already got my notice in the mail. We did send those out, so all of our Seminole Woods voters, you should have gotten your notice by now. But in case you did not get it in the mail, your polling location is the Flagler County Association of Realtors building that's on 100, um, just west of uh, just west of Beltaire Parkway. You're going to go straight on 100, and it's the big. You'll see it. It's it says FCAR out out front. It's, it's like across from building. the pawn shop, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Mm-hmm. So that's the polling place there. Um, that has been changed because the Seminole Woods votes at the airport. It's a really small, very, very small polling room. Mm-hmm. And I need to change that precinct. And I was going to be doing that um, after redistricting uh, later this year, hopefully, and maybe even into next year, which is not so good. But that's just the schedule that we're on. But we need to move that precinct. So um, I didn't want to cram people in there for this election again, like we had to do last year. So, and also we have a bit of a shortage of poll workers. I mean, our workers, like I said, 120 to 140 people. Um, a lot of folks were planning on traveling this summer. A lot of them, like I said, are retired. They got mm-hmm. their vaccine. They're ready to go. Yep. You know, they want to go mm-hmm. see their family. I'm doing it. They want to go on the cruise, you know, yep. they want to, yeah, exactly. So a lot of people are out of town. So we had to reduce one of the, we had a picker precinct. That's the smallest one. So then it's my precinct in case anybody's mad about it. You can be mad at me too. It's my own precinct. <laughs> yeah. All right. So then the other one is precinct 33. That is Marina Del Palma. That's the big, um, it's not really big, I guess, but it's, that's the new development off uh, Colbert. And uh, if you live there, you're going to be voting at Old Kings Elementary School. Your normal normal precinct is in Flagler Beach. We're not going to open that just for this Palm Coast election. So that's very, I think there's like eight or 10 voters that are affected by that. Okay. So that's the precinct changes. So yeah, vote early, vote election day. If, if you have a mail ballot um, and you don't want to 
to vote it, you are instead going to be voting in person. Just bring it with you when you go vote in person. That's um, that's a good thing to do. That way it can be canceled. And if you don't have it anymore or you, you shredded it or you never did actually receive it for some reason, that's fine. Uh, we're going to count it as your first ballot and then you'll be able to vote in person with no problem. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, remind me again, when is early voting starting? Early voting start uh, is starting uh, tomorrow, which is Saturday, uh, July 17th. Which was two days ago in this area. I know. Mm-hmm. I just can't do this. <laughs> no. I have a hard time with it, too. <laughs> I can't do yep. it. I'm sorry. <laughs> yep. So, yeah. So, Saturday the 17th yes. is when early voting is slash did start. Yes. All right. And um, and that goes, when, when does it end again? The early following week? Saturday, so the 24th. Okay. So, it goes for a week. And One, then, mm-hmm. It was eight days. Right? Yes. Okay, eight days. Yeah, there you mm-hmm. go. And then uh, election day is on July 27th. 27th. Yes. All right. Any final thoughts uh, before we get out of here? Well, I mean, this is an important election. I think that maybe some, I hope that we have a good turnout, first of all. I'm thinking hopefully we can get 40%. I know I'm such an optimist. Um, if we get 40%, I will be shocked and so pleased. Mm-hmm. And that is terrible to say. Isn't that terrible to say? That's a special election. Turnouts are low. It's it's just the, the fact of it, unfortunately. I, know, I think this will be a high for a special election, though. I, that's what I'm hoping. People feel really passionately about their candidates they in do. this one. And um, people, I don't think the engagement in the mayor's office has fallen off from this past November because literally like every, like every, every council meeting since then, something has happened. And so I, I feel know. like people are engaged in the process. And, yeah. And it's in the news. It's in the media a lot. Mm-hmm. Like you're saying, there's always something going on, unfortunately. Um, oh, I'm aware. <laughs> it's uh, it's been pretty wild at City Hall. Uh, oh yeah, and uh, you know we hear about that too in the elections office. People will call us and they just kind of rant on and on. And I don't mean to say rant, but people they call us and they they think that we can talk to them about it. And I just can't comment mm. on that stuff. I don't. Yeah, you know I'm like I'm here to listen, and that's great. Would you like to know how to vote? I mean I don't know what to say. I just mm-hmm. we don't in the office get involved with politics at all. Right. Um, I do highly recommend checking out a council meeting for our, our viewers, though. <laughs> okay. It's uh, not only is it good civic engagement, but it's not boring either. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. So I'm hoping 40%. And like I said, that's not a great turnout, honestly, for something as, port- as important as mayor. So I encourage people, if you're really passionate about your candidate, make sure that your friends and family know it and mm-hmm. that they know how to... Um, that the, you know they know how much this is important for our community, and that you can encourage them how and where to vote. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, I can't tell you who to vote for, and I uh, would never do that. Mm-hmm. Um, some folks ask me to host a forum for the candidates or be the moderator, which they really don't want me to be the moderator. <laughs> they don't. They don't. But I could never do that anyway. Um, so yeah, the other thing is I want to encourage people is to try. I know it's hard, and there's so much. There's so much negativity out there and people are either, you know, it's fake news or pack money or whatever's going on at the time. Just remember that the people working at the polling places and the early voting sites, they are doing it um, out of the kindness of their hearts. Honestly, they don't make that much money. Um, They do it because they want to serve the community. Just be respectful Mm -hmm. of my workers. Um, In the 2020 election, it was Trump this or Biden, Biden that. And it was really hard. And what actually one of my clerks said, it was, She's a longtime serving um, elect early voting clerk, and she said that it was the worst. People were just so nasty, Ooh. so nasty when they came in to vote, and it, that makes that that really makes it makes it very difficult to recruit people mm-hmm. here. And it's, you know, a lot of our workers are are I mean, they're not elderly, but they're they're getting up there in age. They're retired, you know, and they just don't they really just don't need any 
any lip, honestly, because they're doing a great job mm -hmm. and they're here to help uh, administer the election. So I just encourage people to be respectful, be kind. Um, you know, you can say thank you even. They love that. Yeah. The deputies outside when they're working, <clears throat> they say people come up and as they're leaving after they voted, they say, hey, thanks for volunteering. Even yep. though they're not volunteers, but that's really, that's really right. nice. And we're a community. I mean, we're going to, we have to stand together through this and be patient with each other, be kind to each other. I mean, after the election, we're going to have to live here together, you yeah. know? So why don't we just, uh, why don't we do it in a respectful, kind way? I, that, I think that civility will, would really go a long way right now for people. Absolutely. All right. Katie Lenhart, thank you so much yeah. for coming on supervisor elections and guys do not forget to vote. Uh, you know when to vote early. Election day is July 27th. Know what your precinct is. Know what you need to do. Know who you're voting for. And uh, yeah, we will see you guys at the polls. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening to this, the fourth edition of Talk Flagler's uh, weekly news roundup. Uh, stay tuned next week. We should have another great guest out of our new recording space. So let us know if you can hear the difference when that episode airs. And uh, yeah, thank you guys so much for tuning in.